0: Financial residency podcasts are brought to you this week by weatherbyhealthcare.com. Just as the right advice helps you thrive financially, the right support team allows you to excel professionally. Weatherby Healthcare's locums experts will match you with the best jobs, prepare you for success, and provide 24 seven support. The bottom line is that working locums with Weatherby helps you earn more money and take better control of your career. If that sounds like music to your ears, head over to slash payday to get started what's up guys hope you're having a great day today today I wanted to share a little experience that I had recently around my health and a little bit of a unexpected situation that popped up the goal in sharing this is I think there's a lot of financial takeaways from this at least that I saw in my experience I think you might benefit from some of these takeaways. What I tend to gravitate to on a normal basis is just thinking that I'm invincible. Maybe I don't say that, but you forget that your health and your life is actually unexpected and out of your control. And really, at the end of the day, tomorrow is never guaranteed. You don't know what the future holds. And today could be your last day. And I think in planning, it's helpful to think from both perspectives from the perspective of you could live a very long life and you want to make it uh, optimize it and live it ideally or today could be your last day and so you want to make sure you're also taking that potential situation into consideration so if you're like me though sometimes it just takes a little bit of a wake-up call or a reminder to help you remember that's a possibility so what happened was I had, a, I'll give you the short story, but I had a recent, just a random eye issue pop up. It was super minor. I almost didn't even, I was 50-50 on going to see the doctor. I called the optometrist office and they're they're like, oh, first available appointments like a month out. And so I'm like, wow, shoot, I'm not going to even bother with it. And They're like, oh, actually, we had a recent cancellation that's for tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I guess if I'm going to get it checked out, I might as well get it checked out quickly. So I went in the next day and they do my eye exam and they're like, actually, your vision's great. There's no issues. And I'm like, what about this weird eye thing that I have going on? It was basically kind of like a blurry, very mild, blurry vision in the peripheral of my eye. And they're like, oh, we didn't see that in the note. Let's check it out. And they checked it out. They took a picture of my eye. Turns out it was, they called it optic disc edema. So my, you guys, a lot of you guys probably know what that is. I had inflammation in the nerve in my eye. And so I'm like, what? when they said that, I'm like, what the heck's that? I could tell that their tone changed a little bit too. They were joking around a lot and then they got real serious. So I was like, oh, and she basically said, you can Google it and see all kinds of crazy stuff and where it could be nothing at all. And I'm like, oh gosh. And so She recommended I go see an ophthalmologist. And so I leave the office. Of course, I start Googling it. And you can it's all kind it could be all kinds of stuff, anything from brain tumor to some all sorts of other crazy stuff. So I call some of my physician buddies around here, and they're like, you need to go see an ophthalmologist, neurologist specialist. And they were able to get me in pretty fast. So I went to go see the specialist the next day. They do tests. confirm the same thing that the optometrist confirms their recommendation is that i get checked into the er because it's potentially we got to figure out what's causing it so i'm in the er within 24 hours of going to see the optometrist i'm now checking into the er and i got to get all these tests run to see what what's going on i get mri ct scan spinal tap all this blood testing all this other crazy stuff and to rule out what's ideally rule out the bad stuff and just really see what's going on. And so through all this process, I think, especially at the point where the ophthalmologist I was meeting with, she got really serious and was like, this is potentially a serious situation. We need to check you into the ER now. And it's going to be a few days. As soon as she said that, That freaked me out a little bit, or maybe a lot. And that was the basically the end of our appointment. And so I go from there to go get checked in to the ER. And the time in between that I had some time to sit and think. And I also happened to have my eyes dilated. So I couldn't see anything. I couldn't even use my phone or whatever. So I just sat there and was just thinking for a while. I'll share some of the things that were going through my mind. But A lot of them, I think, are the critical things, ideally, that you're thinking about with your planning, maybe not. Ideally, you're thinking about it before this type of thing were to happen, and you've gotten it taken care of. So that if it were to happen, and this does turn out bad, you got your ducks in a row. So in my situation, the tests all came back, at least so far, I've got an MRI back, the CT scan, a lot of the blood tests. All that was normal. There was no issue. We're still waiting on the spinal results. And hopefully that's all normal as well. I guess I was the situation where it was just a random cause or whatnot. So all the bad things it was potentially going to be, turns out it wasn't any of those things. So all good so far, I'm super thankful. But I think in that slice of time before I had gotten the testing and right before I was about to check in the yard was just a pretty scary time and also an important reminder for tomorrow's never guaranteed. So first of all, I just wanna say a lot of you guys are physicians. I really, it helps me remind, helps remind me what you guys do and I have a huge appreciation for that. Everyone I interacted with was awesome. They just all seem to have a, a very high interest in taking care of the patient and making sure they're doing the right thing. So the main things I wanted to share with you guys were those thoughts that came up in that small moment of time when really I was like, who knows what's, hap- what's happening? I'm thinking there's a chance I could have some sort of crazy brain tumor, and I could have not much longer to live. So that was my worst case that was going through my mind at that one point in time. And so the first thought that popped into my mind was, is my family going to be okay financially if I'm not around? And I think that's natural. The other thought that came up was, have I been... A good steward of my money? Am I doing the right things? Have I led a meaningful life? I also thought about values and have I taught my children the critical things that I want to pass along? And then I thought a little bit about my business. That is a big part of my, my life and I I thought about, is it going to be okay if I'm not around as well? So those were the core four things that popped into my mind. Is the family going to be okay? Have I done a good job with the resources I've been given? And have I instilled the values in my children and my family? And is the business going to be okay? So the first one, is the family going to be okay if I'm not around? Okay, so I have gone through this exercise a lot of times before. So the nice thing in my situation is that I was very confident. I still thought through it again in the moment. But in just a quick thought, I was reassured that everything is going to be okay. And so I'll just walk through what everything might look like so you can see what that uh, list should look like ideally in your situation so the first thing so covered financially in in my situation i want to make sure something if i'm not around that at in a worst case scenario my family is in the same shape financially even if I'm not around. I'm they're not receiving any income from my work. I want to ideally my family's in the same shape in a worst case scenario. So ideally they're at worst in the same position as they would have been had I been around. So I'll err on the side of having if I'm going to err on the side of having some cushion here, it's going to be on the side of having them slightly better off. And so how do you provide for that because if I pass away, my income stops. So if you're young, your income is driving this ship. So what you look at is your current wealth plus life insurance benefits. So maybe you're early in your career and you don't have a lot of wealth or you have debts. So you got to lean more on life insurance or maybe you're later career and you can lean more on your existing wealth. But it's typically going to be until you're financially independent, it's going to be a combination of the two of those things. And really all you're doing is making sure that the two of those combined are adequate to replace that stream of income or the portion of it that's necessary to maintain the same financial position for your family. Like I said, I've gone through this exercise. I go through it every couple of years with our finances. And so I know we're in great shape there. So I didn't have to worry about that. The second thing I thought about what I thought about was logistics. Like how does everything get sorted out? Okay. So there's a legal side of it. If something happens to me, the will is what kind of, it's like the instruction manual for how to settle all the stuff that you got to settle legally. And so that now that in my situation, I have wills. I already have a will in place and I'm comfortable with it. Also, given that it was just me, I was less concerned because my wife would still be around. I would say a much more concerning scenario is if you both pass away, because then you have to have guardians named and that kind of, someone has to take your children if you do have those, if you have children. And so that's typically a little more of a stressful situation. So I was not thinking along the along those lines. I was thinking more along the lines of, is my wife going to be okay? Is she going to be able to handle be able to handle all this? And I know, I was not. I don't have too much of a concern there. It's fairly straightforward. She knows where the wills are. She knows who the attorney is. There's trust. There's a trust as well. It's fairly straightforward. A little thing that's related to that, it crossed my mind for a minute. Is beneficiary designations? I mentioned this in the last podcast, I think, with Justin Harvey. You, your beneficiary designations don't. They're separate from your wills and trusts and estate planning. They go, whatever the beneficiary designation says, that's what's going to happen. In that sort of moment where you're like, oh, no, I may not have much longer to live. Those are the kind of things that might pop in your head is, oh, no, I have to change my beneficiary designation on that old insurance policy that I had so-and-so on it or whatever, like my mom on it or my ex-spouse or whatever and that crossed my mind for a minute. Ours is more simple. I've always had my wife on as first beneficiary so it's I didn't didn't have a concern there, but that's definitely something that pops into your mind there. Another big thing is having a financial organizer because if something happens to me, I handle most of the finances and my wife is going to be like not she, she's not going to even know all the accounts that we have and who the contact people are and who to call for life insurance and all this stuff, just because she's not doing dealing with the day to day. And so I think it's hugely important if you're married to have whoever the spouse is that kind of quarterbacks most of this stuff, have a financial organizer that just kind of lists all the accounts and rough estimate of balance and maybe the contact person so for us i have all the assets listed with a most recent balance and then all the debts listed with the most recent balance and then the contact for each of those accounts and then i have a listing of all the insurances and the insurance agent and the benefit amount and it's really just a one it's a one-page printout And I have the one-page printout with my will and trust. It's in the basement. It's in our uh, fire safety box or whatever. And my wife knows where it is. So she can just go grab that and pull it out, and it's going to list everything. And that'll save a ton of time and effort if something were to happen. Another big thing nowadays, everything you got to log into. Now, she she would ultimately be able to access things because she's going to be the executor of my estate, if something were to happen to me, but just from a ease of use, it's best if she had just all my passwords and usernames for all the accounts I have. Like for example, I'd, I want her to be able to shut down certain things or just close them out or whatever if something happens. So I think it's, this is where a password manager is huge, is having a password manager where you store all of your usernames and passwords for pretty much everything that you log into regularly lastpass is the one i typically recommend so with lastpass i have one master password that i use that allows me to open up the lastpass app and then within lastpass it has all the usernames and passwords for every single account i ever log into so basically my wife knows where the master password is if she needs to get to it and it's going to have, she'll be able to get into every single possible account that I've ever created online quickly and easily. And then on top of that, just having an emergency reserve, like for the short term, because that was the, the thing I thought about too, is like, oh, what if something were to happen? What if this kind of, I did have a major health condition and it, I had a short period of time where I was not working and maybe before I passed away or something that's where emergency reserves can be helpful emergency savings and then even disability insurance can help as well if it gets stretched out much longer than a few months Th- those are I think the core things like kind of the core topics to that you typically think about in the worst case scenario if something were to unexpectedly Pop up we'll dig into more of these like in a little bit more depth in future episodes, but for now we're just gonna stick to big picture. The second big thing that I thought about I mentioned is being a good steward with the resources that I have or have been given for me I just i'm i'm lean towards a saver type, and most people would say that is good, but the I think the risk I have is that I can save potentially too much or be too greedy with my own interests and not be focused on other people's interests. And so ideally, if I were to rank it and in that moment in time, like if I'm looking, if I'm on my last, on my deathbed and I'm thinking, okay, what would I have ideally to do with my finances? In my mind, and everybody's different here, but in my mind I would like to have given abundantly and generously and I'd like to have taken care of people financially maybe paying them generously like employees or people that help me out like being very generous with compensation and benefits and helping people out that help me out I would also like to save adequately of course but adequately not not like excessively and then Living responsibly with whatever's left over after doing those things. That's how my view of being or my definition of being a good steward, what that looks like. I think I can, I definitely can stand to improve here in, in some of these areas. And this helped to remind me of this. It's, it's, this is something you can, it's a, always a work in progress. The other big thing that popped up instilling values in my children. You might be wondering, how does this tie into finances? I think it, Totally, all this stuff can really tie into finances. I also mentioned that I thought about the values I've instilled in my children. I'm going to keep this one pretty short and sweet. I think what our culture tends to teach is that if you're to rank kind of priorities in life, for most people, self's number one. Like it's all about me. And so I think the big thing I think about, especially in moments like that, is what am I teaching my children? And what I want to teach is more of a, in soccer, We our soccer program is called I Am Third. And so I think that's such a great core philosophy or summary of what how I would view what I would like to teach my children. God is first, others second, I am third. That's the approach or the idea. And that's easy to say, very difficult to live out, especially because culture pushes the other direction. It's something though that I was reminded of. There's a lot of application to that. And it definitely ties into your finances. And I think with my children at their age they're at, it's a lot about leading by example. So it was a kind of a good reminder to myself that uh, maybe... And it ties into being a good steward as well. Maybe I need to revisit how I'm prioritizing things. The last thing that popped in my mind was the business. So I have my financial planning business. And we have... There's 4 of us working for the firm full-time at the moment. We have a few part-time people helping. My number one concern, first of all, is our uh, employees, but also our clients and making sure that they continue to be taken care of. And in thinking through this, I feel that the people that I have in my firm are competent and Experienced enough to take over where it was, take over the responsibilities I had if something were to happen. That's, there's small areas that there would be some issues, but for the most part, I'm very confident that they would be able to take over, which is reassuring. There are some legal things that I probably need to get in order. The one that comes to mind is called a buy sell agreement. And that is the formal legal document that says if something happens to you if, if you die or get disabled permanently this is a legal document that guides how the business is handled and so in my business I know at least this is the verbal commitment is that Jen who works with me she's one of the other planners she would purchase the business um from my wife because if something happens to me it's going to get passed on to my wife In a buy sell agreement, the goal would be that Jen would purchase it immediately from my wife, and then she could just keep the business sustaining. And so that's the that's a missing piece right now. Is we need to iron out that buy sell agreement and get it like in place and formalize. And so that was another kind of a reminder of something I definitely need to improve upon. But aside from that, I feel very good about. I guess in my situation, I felt very good about the business. And really all of these areas, I feel good. There's always room for improvement. But I could see where if you didn't have all those things in order, it could just totally ramp up the stress and anxiety that's already going to be present in that sort of situation. And in some cases, I am I could just see it just taking you down big time. If you're Especially on the first area, if you're worried that your family's not going to be okay financially if something happens, that just, I think maybe the tendency would be to bury your head in the sand and just to pretend it's not happening, but I'm not sure. I just know it would be a stressful situation. So I think the takeaway for you is if you haven't done this in a while, go through the exercise of thinking through what this might look like if something were to happen to you, like how do all these different areas have you addressed them are they in order have you set up a will do you have adequate insurances is it organized can your spouse access them does your executor know where your documents are your legal documents do you feel like you're living out a life that's in line with your values do you feel like you're you're being a good steward do you feel like you're handling money living life the way you would like to live. A lot of times, just thinking through this can help remind you that in some cases, you just never know. Life is short. and So go through the exercise of thinking through this, asking yourself the questions. What if something happens? How are my things organized? And we do it with our clients in our planning firm. Every so often, we talk through what this looks like. And if you work with us in our planning firm, And you want, we keep these documents internally, like the personal financial organizers. But if you want an updated copy of that, let us know, we can send that over just so that you can have that handy in your possession or let your spouse know to reach out to us. But if either way, it's especially if you're not working with a planner or not working with advisors, it's definitely going to be a good idea to kind of talk go through this exercise, talk through this with your spouse, make sure you have your ducks in a row so that if something were to happen unexpectedly, you don't have to worry about it all because that's about the worst possible time to have to worry about all this mess of stuff. Ideally, you focus on staying healthy or getting through it and that sort of thing. Fortunately, it worked out favorably for me, but I did get a glimpse of that. I did get a glimpse of or a reminder of the fact that you never know what tomorrow holds. At the end of the day, nothing's really guaranteed. You kind of have to remind yourself of that every so often. So I hope this has been helpful. Like I said, we'll dig into some of these areas a little bit more in future episodes, just hiring and out, you know, how to work through these areas. Let us know if you have questions that come to mind. We'll see you next time. If you're ready to start boosting your earning power with locums, head over to weatherbyhealthcare.com slash payday to learn more. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.rennefinancial.com.